Ladies and gentlemen, after a brilliant first half of August 5th, 1995 on the Billboard Top 40 Rock Songs, we have now 19 to 1. Proudly discussed tonight on the podcast, 1990-what? <laughs> Pumped about this week. Pumped about this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of great stuff. A lot of great stuff last time. I don't need to remind you. I have no idea what's going to get played. Adam has a little bit of an idea. And he's here to give you that. By the way, I am your host, Michael Kruzleski. And sitting with me, as always, is my trusty co-host, Adam Jones. Adam! How's it going tonight? It's pretty good. Ran into traffic again on the way here. Ridiculous. Oh, sorry to hear that, Ridiculous. Mike. It reminded me of when I lived in Los Angeles. Oh, did California. you used to live in Los Angeles? There I lived in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, I remember that mainly because you didn't live near me. I wasn't anywhere near you. You but weren't I, in Texas either. That's true. I, I was living in a different state at the time at multiple maybe but um i did get to visit you there once you did i forget i had just moved there too yeah did you tell him where i was living you uh you were living in an apartment um i believe you were sleeping on the balcony i was i've slept outside how was that honestly the weather in los angeles california was really quite nice the only problem was that they were doing um palm tree manicures across the street at the extremely expensive uh apartments and that shit would go on from does that get noisy it's extremely noisy and since none of the palm trees in southern california are uh, native to that place they have to be tended to soon they'll need to be uprooted because they will die and they will not regenerate because they're not from there they were all planted which is a uh, fact that is mostly unknown those were put there by a city developer that wanted to make Southern California resemble and feel like the south of France. Is this just some wild conspiracy theory? or I don't know. I think this is true, but I really don't know. Okay. I don't know if it's true. Folks, let's get into the 90s, okay? Let's, hey, let's let's not grow up. Let's, you know, we're millennials. We don't have real jobs. Yes, we don't have any of that shit. live in a constant state let's, of arrest development. Absolutely. Great show. Great way to really live. Oh, man. Um, so before we launch into the chart this week, I want to talk a little bit about the chart. What does it mean for a song to be on this chart? What does it mean for a song to be number one? Well, um, some Billboard charts measure different things. The, the, the charts we've looked at so far, the top alternative songs and the top mainstream rock songs, which we're looking at tonight. Both measure the number of times a song is played on that format of radio station for the particular week we're looking at. The number of dices the song rolled. Right. So, for example, the number one song will have been played the most times for that week on mainstream rock stations. I used to think that artists got a lot of money for the amount. I used to also think that when I would pay... $12 or $13 for a CD that the band, I I was like, oh, cool, I'm giving the band $12 or $13. $13. 
Later, I read that no, it's like ten cents. Yeah, there's lots of uh, other people that got to get paid too. There between. Do the they band have to get you. paid? Well, they want to. They like to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Greedy. That Greed. Sucks, man. Greed and the recording industry. Oh. Rock stars. That used to be a thing. There used to be rocks. There aren't anymore. Yeah. You you can't really. Greed. That's not a, that's not a thing. You could be a middle class musician. Who happens to be on television and right. magazines, but, but still in the... It's a lot harder to get yeah. rich these days. Yeah, you, you, know, you can't that. really get rich anymore. So, um, one more little... Speaking of billboard success. What these charts mean. Um, they they would do these charts each week. So they'd measure each week, and whichever song was played the most that week was number one, and so so on and so forth, so... That's what we're looking at. That's how we are deciding what it would have been like to listen to the radio back in the 90s. Yes. So, this week, we're continuing the countdown we started last week. The August 5th, 1995 Mainstream Rock Songs. Exciting. I I'm. I really loved it. I'm really excited for this first one because I, I believe you love this I song. I don't know. Like, I don't know. What are you going to play, Jones? It's from a record called Short Bus. Um, oh. Oh, man. Turn this song up. Ladies and gentlemen, close your eyes. It's nighttime and you're driving. You just killed that son of a bitch. He's fucking dead, and he's in the trunk. His family's wondering where is he, but then they stop wondering, because he was a demon anyway, and you took care of that son of a bitch. No, you don't. You did meet him, and he's a piece of shit. Actually, it's too early. Should have met him a little earlier. Then the murder would have gone smoothly. Tommy. Set it to your face before I put a bullet between your eyes. I love this. I love this. It's this filter with Hey Man, nice shot. Oh man. Oh, here it comes. Dude, the pre course. It's about to punch you in the face. Chop that off. Chop that off now. Get it. Yes, one of the better screams in rock and roll. One of the better ones right here. Better screams right here. Here it is. Here it comes. listen to the song you know the the documentary hired gun doesn't really make this guy richard richard patrick richard patrick it doesn't it, does, it doesn't paint him in the in the finest of lights uh, but man he wrote a great song here he did this, yeah. I, I really like this song a lot tell us a little bit about that documentary 
Well, this dude did not pay his musicians, and I think it was revenge because of how poorly Trent Reznor treated him. Uh, when Trent Reznor was finding incredible success in the early and mid-90s, he was known for not paying his backing band a lot of money. Keeping the any. biggest piece of the pie. Uh, yeah. Pretty much keeping the entire bakery. And uh, Richard uh, was, I guess he was struggling. They told him now oh, you could be a pizza boy. So instead he wrote a record. And, and this is what he did. And you know what? Honestly, I can, I can see that. You know what? I mean, a lot of people, oh, musicians, you should be nice. Hell no, man. Put your, put your song out. Make all the money you can. And you know what? If you're a backing musician, you don't like the gig, then get a new one. What, do you think you got into this business because it would be easy? It's hard. And if your boss makes it hard on you, then get a new job. Don't complain about it. Become your own boss. That's what Richard did. You know what? I think it's great. Last week, when I saw this song at number 19, it was hard to stop and not keep going. I was really excited to hear you talk about this one. Oh, dude, I love this song. Oh, man. Do you know what this song's about? It is about, um, I believe it was a politician. What is his name? I I can't remember his name. R. Bud Dwyer. R. Bud Dwyer. Mr. Bud Dwyer. I believe he was being manipulated. He was being... People were doing something... I think he was being blackmailed or something. Well, he had been convicted on bribery charges and was about to receive a sentence. Um, it was expected to be, you know, a pretty hefty sentence. But he was still professing his innocence and decrying uh, the legal system. He shot himself with a three fifty seven Magnum in public during a press conference. There is video footage of this. And, uh, folks, don't... Yeah, I mean, I kind of am sorry that we just told you about it. I would have told you. Adam just told you I would have told you about that video and what had happened. Uh, don't watch it. It's yeah, it's kind of messy. It's um, yeah, don't don't watch that shit. And if you're some kid or somebody, oh man, this is cool. Uh, you should do what Lane Staley did and get rid of yourself. Nobody oh, needs. No, no, no. No, definitely oh. do it. Adam, the <laughs> population is getting out of control. So you know, we need less. So I can have more, well, just like Richard. Uh, I mean, you know, that, that hey, might be one of the host views, but... Uh, sorry, no. that song gets me. Just That's a great song. I love that song. 19 really weeks do. on this chart, peaking at number 18. Nice. From still, the album, the platinum song. album, Short Bus by Filter. So uh, Richard Patrick, as you mentioned, um, he had worked with Trent Reznor and... Trent told him that he should go make his own record while Trent went off to work on a Nine Inch Nails album, The Downward Spiral. Spiral, that is. Yeah, I like that record. I don't think you do. I haven't listened to it. Um, and I, uh, don't My favorite song don't on it I is I Reptile. This is the Ian Moore Action Company with Muddy Jesus at number 18. Mm-hmm. Oh. I was going to skip ahead because this is a long and boring intro. Yeah, this is uh... okay, Let's start with this. He 
you recognize this at all? I have never heard this. It's four weeks on this chart. Peaking right here at number 18. Not a lot of info on the uh, interwebs about this one. I don't, I'm not a fan, but I think this is a... I mean, actually, that's okay. Kind of Black Crows-ish. It is. I think that it's cool that we just heard Filter, super kind of heavy industrial, you know, song, and then, and then we, and then this is the next song. Stylistically, it's got some some differences. Yeah, pretty and good variety. I think that's cool. I, I, I really think that's cool. The, just the diversity. Kind of the roots rock feel, influence, a little blues vibe. I like that pre-chorus right here. I like this. It's good. Might be a live version. Um, it's the only version they had on Apple Music from the album "Modern Day Folklore" by Ian Moore. Twelve weeks, peaking at number eighteen. With Muddy Jesus. Um, I've heard worse songs. I I I didn't hate that. Didn't hate it. Well, this next one is one of my all-time favorite artists. Let's get to it. This is Tom Petty with a higher place off the three times platinum album Wildflowers. Oh. Don't let me talk too long about Tom Petty because I could go on. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting here with probably one of the biggest Tom Petty fans in the world, Adam Jones. Adam. Get into it a little bit for us. Oh. Tom Petty's music really, really speaks to me. Uh, An amazing songwriter. Yeah, definitely. One of the best. Def- oh, man. One of the most important American songwriters of all time. Absolutely, without a doubt. Wildflowers is a great album, too. I like that change right there. So, um, I first got into Tom Petty. Mike uh, lent me the 2006 solo album, which um, Wildflowers was his second solo album. And Highway Companion was his third. Oh, yeah, great. Great. He uh, lent me that. I put it on my, my first iPod, one of those 30 gig video iPods. And, um, used to listen to it as I would uh, I worked overnight at a hotel doing room service and I'd have to walk the halls every night to pick up room service trays and I'd spin that album all the time and really got into it there's some great songs I just fell in love with the songwriting right away simple and just classic I mean people like 
yeah, no, no. It's not just simple. It's. I, I think classic is. Remember all the shit that I talked about about Don Henley? Just really ripped yeah. into him because of the fact, the absolute fact that he's just a piece of shit. Well, Don Henley wants to be the kind of songwriter that Tom Petty is. And Tom Petty, he just is. Here he was. He just was. He didn't he didn't try. He wasn't being precocious. He just he was. He embodied American songwriters. Funny you mentioned them both together because some of Don Henley's biggest solo hits have been working with some of Tom Petty's band members. Mike Campbell wrote Boys of Summer. He played with Stan Lynch. I think Stan Lynch wrote one of his other hits that was on Hell Freezes Over. Um, yeah. But just, uh, I was wrecked when Tom Petty died. Um, that day at work, I mean, I had to excuse myself from my desk and wept in the bathroom. Um, Did you cry? I, I, I shed some tears, yes. And I've cried a couple times since. <laughs> um, that's all right. There, there's a song I heard called Tom Petty T-Shirt that Kevin Bacon wrote. Oh, yeah. You showed me that. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? It was pretty cool. Not, I mean, not the greatest song in the world or anything, but just it. You could tell by the lyrics that it was about the day that Tom Petty died. It just took me back there. And, uh, yeah. Totally cried. Yeah, I'm a... My, my, my wife thinks, you know, I'm not a big crier, ladies and gentlemen. That's, Adam that's is not, not who I am. not a big crier. He doesn't cry. And my wife has expressed concern that um, she doesn't think I'll be as broken up if she were to die as I was with Tom Petty. But I assure you that that is, that is false. <laughs> no, it was... Tom Petty's uh, great. Yeah. So, around this time... Um, Stan Lynch left the the Heartbreakers, and Tom Petty was looking for a new one. Dave Grohl, formerly of Nirvana, almost became their drummer. I remember that story. They uh they played a Wildflower song. They played a couple Wildflower songs together on Saturday Night Live. They played a uh, Honey Bee and um, You Don't Know How It Feels, and and Tom Petty was prepared to offer him the gig, but Dave turned it down to uh to go his own way, start his own. Thing. We might get to that later on. We might. Teaser. We might. So, yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, 12 weeks on the charts for that one, peaking at number 12. Um, there's about to be a Tom Petty posthumous release of a bunch of unreleased songs. Really? It's coming out in September. Oh, it's supposed to be that. like 50-something tracks. Holy balls. Called the American Treasure Box Set. So I'm Shit. getting that for show. Damn. So that was the fourth single off of the Three Times Platinum album, Wildflowers, produced by Rick Rubin. Thanks, Rick. Steve Froney, by the way, one last thing on this, played the drums on that track. He would eventually replace Stan Lynch in the Heartbreakers after Dave Grohl turned the gig down. Hmm. Pretty cool. Okay. Pearl Jam, Immortality, off of the album... Vitology.
I'm a fan of Pearl Jam, but I don't like this song. Specific dislike about it? Uh, just kind of drudging on, not really pleasing me. Well, because of the subject matter, this is a song that people think is about Kurt Cobain. Eddie Vedder disagrees and says uh, it was written when they were on tour in Atlanta. And he's never written anything directly about Kurt. He doesn't want to be exploited as. This is the third single off of the five-time platinum album, Vitology. That had a lot of really good songs on it. It was a great record. 17 weeks, peaking number 10. What, uh, what are your favorite tracks from Vitology? Like? Spin the Black Circle. Nothing Man, I think is a really pretty song. And there are a few others that I can't recall the name, but yeah, there's 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 several good tracks on on that record. Could he use uh, a could he use a pick me up after that one? Yeah, I I could I could use some. Yeah, please. Here's a little pick. What me is up. it? Oh man, uh, Blues Traveler, run around. Sometimes you just need it. Once upon a midnight, with something in my head. I couldn't escape the memory of a phone call what you said. Yeah, no, you know, sometimes it's. always liked this song. I know, some people hate it. I've always loved it. I think I remember hearing a story about them, This, you know, having this song and it became a hit and they, they, they were kind of like, oh, it is? Oh, wow. And it really just changed their lives and... No slowing this song down, huh? <laughs> Six times platinum for this album. It's called Four. Won a, this song won a Grammy for Best Rock Vocal Performance. Um, 26 weeks on the chart, peaking at number 13. Top 10 on the Hot 100. Wow. This song, a curious thing about it, for its 20th anniversary, it actually re-entered the Billboard Hot 100. Are you serious? 2014. Wow. It became a meme. Like, people would, like, show up kind of dressed like John Popper with the hat and a harmonica and, like, I don't know, make videos and vines of, like, just 
Vince McMahon beat him, and yeah, because of Maybe that because meme, of him, the viral he's, nature of it, that yeah, went back on the charts. That's hilarious. It's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah, I love it. I love the way this guy plays harmonica. There's nothing else that sounds like. Uh, it. It's the most gleeful thing I've ever heard. It's like a bunch of lambs celebrating their birthday. Just you can't get that sound with any other instrument and no other player. Bob Dylan just kind of haphazardly blows in and out on the thing. He does. He does. Uh, John Popper was a big, big, big fat guy too. At the oh time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Since has lost a lot of his lard. <laughs> He's not such a pre-Jared Subway fat ass. And Jared, God, that guy's. Do you think he did it the same way? By Subway. abusing children? Oh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I doubt he did that. Oh, oh you mean, I mean, I mean, I hope not. Some, did, didn't Jerry also look like a drunk guy? I don't know. I, I know about the, uh, the, the pedo thing. With him, yeah, Jared's creepy son of a bitch. No, I'm pretty sure John Popper he, just... He's in prison. He probably he just... Yeah, he probably intermittent fasted, dieted, exercised. The normal shit. Once again, that... Was Blues Traveler with Run Around. Thank you. Uh, uh, great song. I love that song. Thank you, uh, Travelers. Did I say that I love that song? It's a great song. And I, I remember how, how big that record was and how big that song was. It was huge. All right. What's next? We got a few 15 year olds. 15. I thought you were going to make another Jared joke, but instead you played this oh. Australian <laughs> rock and roll. This is Silver Chair with Tomorrow. I used to really like this song. I've always really liked this album art. Oh, the frog? Yeah. Yeah, this is from the album, double platinum album that is, Frog Stomp. friend had this my best friend when i was like 12 or 13 his name was jeremy he had a copy of this record he taught me what stratocasters were he taught me what ska was silver chair was recorded and released when all the members of the band were 15. They played it on SNL. Yeah, it's a good chorus. Six weeks on the chart, peaking at number one. You say that money 
Really? So this peaked curious. at number one? Yep, on the mainstream rock chart. Wow. This was the most played song on rock radio for all of 1995 in Australia. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember liking this song a lot back in the day. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I've always thought, how does a 15-year-old sing like this? Uh, probably because he listened to Nirvana and thought, oh, I can do that. Does it pretty convincingly. I don't know about that, Adam. I mean, sounding like a you are a grown man. Then. I'm not saying he sounds like a bird. That reminds me, when we went and saw School of Rock, uh, the kid that plays guitar in the band tells Jack Black's character to him that he wrote a song. He's like, well, what are you waiting for, Kurt Cobain? Let's hear it. And Mike goes, is not. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. Nobody's Kurt Cobain. Nobody has been since April of 1994 either. It's, it's true. So uh, this is. Yeah. Man, I love that song too. Greatness. It, yeah, you know, it, it's it, yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's, it's a good song. The next song, I didn't think I would like, but I like it. Cool. I know you know this song. Oh, dude, this is. Oh man, I loved this song. I'm gonna skip forward just a little bit. Oh, is it because of the? Oh, <laughs> right here. Check this out. <laughs> I love this slide guitar. Yeah, I, I like Mike? this song. That's White Zombie. Dude, White Zombie's awesome. I love White Zombie. More human than human. From the album Astro Creep 2000. just E the whole time. Really easy song to play. Doesn't make it a bad song. It's a great song. You ever play slide guitar, Mike? I'm not good at it. Me either. That, that, it's so chuggy. The distortion is so thick. Yeah. It's really thick distortion. It's like a Boss Metal Zone. But it's like... It's still upbeat and fun. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's almost got like a dance. Like dance music. The lyrics for this song are based on the same book that the movie Blade Runner is based on. 
Yeah, did you know that? Yeah, I'm not surprised. Rob Zombie, he's really into like horror movies and crazy comic stuff. Is that because it's a radio edit? This is the radio edit. Yeah. You can totally tell. Just the version that I found on Apple Music. Well, I guess Jimmy Iovine doesn't like the F word. Oh, no, he does. He, he does all the time. Oh, Jimmy Iovine? <laughs> uh, Jimmy, if you can hear this, could you please stop using the word fuck? Could you stop that, please? Also, come on our show. Yeah, Jimmy, why don't you get your ass out here? Stop running RCA records. Uh, excuse me, I mean, Interscope or whatever. They're all the same thing. 26 weeks on the chart, peaking at number 10, White Zombie, more human than human. I had a t-shirt, a White Zombie t-shirt, and I should give our friend Andrew credit for this because he had he had one first, so I just copied him because I liked it. But it was, it was a White Zombie shirt with the band in the front and the White Zombie logo in the back, but it blew in the dark. This album went to All right. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm definitely into that. I, yeah, I, I've always liked that song. I've never listened to White Zombie before. Never thought I'd like him. But there you go. Yeah, that's a cool song. So there's there's, a, there's a few cool songs on that record. And some that are terrible. Okay, before we start this next one, I mentioned this guy a little bit ago. David Grohl. Foo Fighters. First single. Visiting is pretty. Visiting is good. Seems that all they ever wanted was a brother. Have you ever heard this group before? This is, I've never heard this before. Listen closer. <laughs> um, I, I am an enormous fan of this band. In fact, I think I already said this on, on the show. The Foo Fighters, I, I recently saw them on their Concrete and Gold tour when I was living in Shitport, Louisiana. Uh, it's the first big concert that I've ever been to. I've never been to a concert that big. It was amazing. I mean, they, they kicked the shit out of it for three hours. It was, it was incredible. And their encore, they, they did. They played this song. I was really happy to hear it. I've always loved this song. I, I've listened to this record in particular so many times. I don't think the CD that I have, I don't think it plays in it. It's, so, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how this came to be? 
awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, Have you ever read the lyrics to this song? Yeah, they're very... They don't long. mean a lot. No, they don't mean anything. They don't have to. Fingernails are pretty. They are. Watered down the daughter. I don't know. The, uh... So, what, what gives the Nirvana drummer the right to think he can start a band? I think that I think that it would have been really cool if uh, had Kurt continued to live, uh, they collaborated. What I like about the Foo Fighters is the just the the fun. Um, this is great. This is a great change. so great um huge fan uh have i spoken about nirvana at all yet not really we haven't had a chance we haven't played any of their music or anything well then i won't say anything until it's necessary well you you may if you'd like to i'm not gonna hold you back ever Uh, i i i consider nirvana to be the greatest most important american rock band of all time i don't think that any band has been important uh, s- since 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 they've they've been around. I I don't I, d- I really don't think so. They they're one of the most copied groups of all time. They're incredibly influential, and um, uh, Nevermind is is a record that I, I think I've had to buy three separate times because I've either just worn it out or lost it or mm. um, misplaced it or I would buy it again to see if maybe I'd get the copy that has the secret song on it. My dad also bought a copy of that record. His does have the secret song on it, uh-huh. um, Endless Nameless. Um, it's a record that I put on. Uh, it's probably the only CD I still keep in my car. I, I don't have any CDs. Nevermind is the only CD that I have. For some reason, I just I always have it. It's always with me. Um, it's probably one of my favorite records. Um, it's, uh, it always puts me in a good mood. Uh, it doesn't make me sad. It, I, don't, I don't relate Nirvana to sadness or depression. I relate them to absolute uh, just a blast um, and where the Foo Fighters are so much fun, I think that there's so much depth and real, just um, an epic energy in in Nirvana's music. Um, and I think the the, uh, the collaboration between Dave and Kurt would have been absolutely spectacular, yeah. absolutely spectacular. Yeah, Dave says he learned a lot about songwriting from working with Kurt. Um, there's like one little glimpse into you know what that could have been like with the with the song Marigold, the, yeah, the B side, the Nirvana. A song. couple of moments on In Utero or In Utero or whatever that, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the very I think the very first track that 
shit, what's it called? Um, Scentless Apprentice. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm probably the biggest Nirvana fan in the world. If other people think that they are, uh, you can suck a dick. You're not a bigger fan than I am. I always think of you when I think of Nirvana, so. Yeah, they're the greatest American rock band of all time. Probably, the gra- in my opinion, the greatest rock band that ever has been. Well, after the uh, demise of Kurt Cobain, Dave Grohl wanted to do something. Um, he'd gone on vacation, he'd gotten married, and went in the studio just because, you know, that's what he does. Went in the studio for about five days, pretty much all by himself, recorded this record, played all the instruments, except for uh, one of the guitars on the song Ecstatic was played by Greg Dooley. And uh, the bass on Big Me was played by Chris Novoselic. Did you know that? I did not know that, actually, no. I think, if I was reading correctly, that that was just recently revealed at a December of last year, concert um chris came and played bass with foo fighters on that song and and um dave said there that he played it in the studio as well i did not know that uh, it's from the platinum self-titled debut album foo fighters and it was just dave at that time 16 weeks on the charts peaking number six great record yeah loved it and i I love that as, as a first single you know just something so like aggressive and in free i would have thought it would have been big me Mm, i'm really happy that it was this is a call yeah it's a great song that was number 12 this is a call now we have sponge with molly 16 candles you know this band yeah, I have I've heard a couple of songs by them. Some I really like. The say a prayer for me. This is not that song though. They're they're like super nineties though. It's like one of the most nineties. My 90s. thoughts exactly. Just the way the vocals sits on yeah. the track. This chorus, dude. This chorus is 1995. <laughs> totally. I love it, dude. I love it. That's what that's what we're talking about right now. Damn it. This that's how is 90s. The album art look is. Look at that 90s shit. Where's the Vinny Stimpy refrigerator raider and shit? <laughs> Good callback. So this was named after Molly Ringwald, the star of the movie 16 Candles. Love you, Molly. Absolutely love you. Man, I feel like watching Empire Records. This is the third single from the Gold debut album by Sponge, Pinata. So the song is uh, named after Molly Ringwald and says 16 Candles in the chorus, but it wasn't actually about her. It was inspired by a story of a band member that a band member had heard, that is, about a 16-year-old girl who'd fallen in love with her teacher and attempted suicide after he rejected her again. Oh, man. That's heavy. 14 weeks on the chart. Peaked at number 11. Molly, 16 Candles. Thank you, Sponge. Thank you. That was cool. Dude, I've yet to get fucking angry at anything so far. Yeah. Nothing has pissed me off. I really like the, uh, the top half of this list. Yeah, this has been great so far. 
Oh, here's another great one. I know you love this song. Another local band. Dude, I love this song, and and my favorite is that guitar line right at right at the beginning that, that's about to come yeah. up. Just that that's also like a just a signature '90s guitar thing right here, right fucking here, right here. Here it is. <laughs> Always a fun one to play on guitar. Yeah, this is Possum Kingdom by Toadies. Great song. Really, really cool band. Really cool. They're from Fort Worth. Fort Worth? Are they from Fort Worth? Yeah. Oh, man, that's where I live. Yeah, they're local guys. Possum Kingdom is a lake near Fort Worth. I used to camp there all the time with my Boy Scout troop. You ever been there? I've never been there, no. Good place to play Capture the Flag. Ah, oh, dude, Capture the Flag is the best. We should play with Donkey Lips from Salute Your Shorts. <laughs> You would love that shit. What a great show. Great show. I believe he said that on one of the episodes. Capture the Flag is the best game! With his lisp. His fat guy lisp. <laughs> That's okay, Donkey Lips. It makes me... It's I hope we never part and we'll get it right or pay the price. This was from the Platinum album Rubberneck. Rubberneck. Lots of great songs on there. I hear a lot of Pixies influence in these guys. Oh, man. Huge. Huge. It's great. Yeah, man. I mean, they they were a big Texas band. I mean, they got famous. Pantera also got really famous. They're terrible. I'm a huge Pantera fan. I don't, I don't know what you want. Dude, Pantera. Dude, they rock. Another Fort Worth. We've, we've gone over this before, Mike. They're just the worst. Are there any bands from Dallas that made it? I think the Nixons with the song. Well, Stevie Ray Vaughan was from Dallas. So. Yeah, he, yeah, he was. The, the Nixons are local? I didn't know that. They only had that once, dude. They're, they're, I've heard their album. It sucks, except for that one song. Yeah. Like, it really is not a good record. This is great, though. So, uh... Dino, do you remember you gave me this album for Christmas one year? Oh, did I really? Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Did you, did you like it? Yeah, dude, I love it. Away, Tyler, Happy Face, Backslider. Backslider was dude, great. That's dude, and then the last track, <laughs> I Burn. Yes. I Burn was really good. Yeah, good the, uh, the singer actually has said um, that... Possum Kingdom, the song we're listening to right now, is a sequel to I Burn. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. The song I Burn is supposed to be about some, like, strange cults or something. Is uh, I Come From The Water also on that? Oh, yes, it is. That is a great song. I gotta have to listen to this record. That one has a little bit of country twang in it. A little bit of the accent there. I come from the water. Oh yeah, Backslider has that too. Yeah. When I lived in Los Angeles, California, oh, did people you would make used up to live there. Oh yeah, Los no, I, there was a time I moved out to uh, 
Los Angeles, California. There were people that were like, oh, it took me like a year to get rid of Max, and I hope they fall in potholes and die, those particular people. Why's that? Because uh, that's an annoying, stupid thing to say. Get rid of your accent? Dude, just find a part in a movie that calls for the accent you have, you stupid son of a bitch. Seriously, I hope they I hope they fall. Yeah, I do want them to, to die. had this song on a uh, CD I burned and I was, uh, it was just a big CD and I was playing it and my, my sister was uh, sleeping in the same room and I had played this CD and was falling asleep to it and she woke up when the do you want to die thing was going on and freaked her out yes <laughs> so so would uh, is this so you're talking about a cult right that they wrote this for would they sacrifice people uh I, i'm not sure exactly the whole story but um i mean this, fort worth this is song a nice awesome town. kingdom people was like very nice there it was like as if one of the guys in the cult left and like he said something about him just evaporating so weird yeah it's kind of a creepy creepy thing well, we should go check that out creepy road he was going down well, it's at midnight now i you bet there's some creepy shit going on right now yeah Impossible. let's go find it we're like f- 45 minutes away. Yeah, we could get there. Um, do you remember the music video for that song? Uh, no, I've never seen the video. Oh, it's pretty I've cool. I've never seen any of their videos. So um, it has the band playing, you know, like in a in a small venue with like a bunch of a bunch of kids jumping around and stuff. And um, interspiced with like clips of a guy dragging what looks like a body in a garbage bag. Uh, you know, oh. in, in like the 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 woods near lake and uh um he pulls out whatever's in the bag you know just it doesn't show anything he wants to leave it a mystery and in in the end it reveals that what was in the bag was a big chunk of ice and he's carving an ice statue an an ice sculpture that's very nice yeah did it melt um I think so. I mean, eventually it had to have. Yeah, but I'm sure it's not still around. I mean, no, we could go no. check around Possum Lake and see if we find any ice. Oh, cultures. it'd be it'd when, be th- that'd be kind of scary. Or 13 years old? <laughs> uh, no, it'd be like, 23 yeah, years be, old. Yeah. If it was still there, Fort Worth gets hotter than a son of a bitch. What's next? We got oh. good by Better Than Ezra. Oh, these guys are. Uh, they're from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I think. Only good thing to come out of Louisiana. I think you said the same thing last week. We played their song In the Blood. I don't remember that. I like this song. This is a great song. This is also one of those 90s songs. Makes me want to watch Pete and Pete or something. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Watch the shit out of some Pete and Pete. So it's kind of embarrassing, but I mostly, or I first heard this song on a uh, trailer for the movie The Babysitter's Club. What? Yeah, I, I mean, it, I said it was embarrassing. You don't have to. Oh, dude, that's mom. stupid. Yeah, you should see the look on my <laughs> face right now. Just... I can't help my disgust. <laughs> we had a VHS of the uh, the movie The Indian in the Cupboard. Oh yeah, with, with Omri. <laughs> yeah. That was the stupid kiss. Hi, my name is Omri. Nobody's going to want to be friends with a son of a bitch. You know how the VHS, you had to watch the trailers. 
because they were, yeah. you know, you had to get through them. Yeah, and it had the it would have the Pizza Hut thing. I'm in the outfield oh. watching oh, yeah. the dandelions. Yeah, that was on the that? Ninja Turtles one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I memorized all the words to that song. I used to sing it for my friends in high school. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, that trailer for Babysitters Club also had Dreams by the Cranberries. Oh yeah. And uh, Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos, both of which we played on here. Oh, Cornflake Girl. Was it the Mandalans? Yes, Mandalans? Mandalan for that country? Man- yeah, your country. I know. I can't. How long you did know, it take I- you to lose your accent? Oh, in, in Los Angeles, California? Yeah. Oh, have you been there? I, there was a time I drove all my shit and lived outside in Los Angeles, California. Sleeping on a balcony. I was. I used to graze in the local grocery stores. I would carry boxes of cereals with me and just, you know how you'd get the bags and fill up your own almonds, fill up your own chocolate almonds or fruit. So I would just graze and pretend like I was trying them until I was full. That was what I basically did for lunch every day. Kind of sounds like being homeless. I, I, I was. I, I almost was. Everybody's homeless in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, that time that I went and visited you, uh, I was there on a trip with my wife for our 10th anniversary, and uh, we went to this one restaurant. I think she got a group on for something, and uh, you know, it was like our fancy anniversary dinner. And um, we parked our car, and between where we parked and the restaurant, there were hundreds of homeless people living in tents. Dude, did you so walk through Skid Row? I think we did. Adam, that's incredibly dangerous. Are you serious? Yeah, man. One of my favorite songs on this album. I really like this song a lot. Just to wrap up, Better Than Ezra, 26 weeks, kicking number three, but hit number one on Hot Modern Track. Nice. Good job, Better Than Ezra. That song was off Deluxe with Platinum. This is Bush with Little Things. Another, yeah, I like this song a lot. I like the arpeggiated guitar right here. I think that sounds cool. I like that. Like one of them is kind of clean, and, the, and there's a distorted one way in the back of the mix. It's just like... His pounding his fist. Yeah, I, I can feel the aggression, Gavin. This is not one of the songs that I know too well from this album. I, I, I like this song a lot. Oh, I love this song. I've always loved Gavin's voice. I think that this was... It's just great. I mean, it's... I don't know. I mean, yeah, call it corporate rock. Call it whatever you want, but I, I like it. Yeah, it sounds great. And a lot of other people do, too. This was a huge selling record. And they still play this shit on the radio, too. It was a huge selling record. Six times platinum for 16 down. This song, 26 weeks on the chart, again, said that many times tonight, and this one piece is number six. 26 weeks on the chart, that's half a year. 
That's amazing. I mean, you could tell that, you know, I mean, this sound is basically dated. It sounds like from the time that it, it was. Right. But I don't I don't always think that that's... Oh, okay. We got some flange. Yeah, a little bit of flange. See, this, this is tasteful flange, too. Who was that shitty band that didn't know how to use flange? Monster Magnet? Oh, yeah. F.U. Monster Magnet. Oh, yeah. I think I remember having a Bush sticker that I got from a candy machine before I even knew who the band was. Oh, yeah. But my dad knew who they were. He was like, oh, yeah, Bush. They're pretty good. Are you sure it wasn't like a... Oh, for Bush? George H.W. Bush? No, it was definitely not. My dad was not a fan. Yeah, no, he was not. thousand points of life. He was not a fan. He was not a fan of either Bushes. I can't really hear you, Adam. How about now? Yes, there you are. There you are. Yeah, I like that song. What were you going to ask, though? You asked. I wonder if Bush regretted their name by the time the uh, second Bush was in office. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't really know what to say. Because I don't know much about politics. Oh, it was cool to not like George W. Bush, though, at the time. That yeah. was it was it was kind of a trendy <laughs> thing to do is to dislike him. All the kids in high school with the "Not My President" T-shirt. Yeah, I w- you know, you could say the same thing about the current administration. I'm not going to say anything uh, about them. I I won't really either. Neil Young is on this list. Neil Young. Yeah, this is from the album Mirrorball, gold album. Called Downtown. It's no young, basically, with all the members of Pearl Jam backing him, except for Eddie Vedder. So we've got Jeff Hammond, Jack Iron, Stone Gossard, Mike Freddy. Wow. McCready, McCready, what do you say? Um, I, I'm, I say McCready. Yeah, it uh, sounds like Neil Young. Good old Neil Young. You know, Neil, you know, he does his own thing. He does his own. He's a lone wolf. does his own thing. 
You either love him or you hate him or does I've heard people trash his vocal style and things like that, but I like Neil me. Young. I like Neil. The band members from Pearl Jam said it was really good for the band. Taught them not to take themselves so seriously that they wouldn't take risks. Which is a good lesson for that, any of That us. really is. That's great. And, you know, say what you will about Pearl Jam, too, but they, they were able to retain a lot of incredible success. And they did have a lot of changes. Oh, yeah. They, they went through all kinds of stylistic changes. And they almost tried to self-sabotage their own career, and it didn't work. They just kept being famous. Did I say self-sabotage their own career when I could have just said... They almost tried to sabotage their own career. I wonder how many screw-ups like that. Maybe a little redundant, but I wouldn't think I, I wonder how much it. of that kind of shit I've done so far in this podcast. No. How much of an idiot very I've intelligent. No. <laughs> <laughs> 13 weeks on the chart. Peaked at number six. That was number seven. Neil, Neil Young. Young. Yeah, man. Down, Neil Young down. is like a... He's an artist that I feel like you can hang out with any other musician... And it's a pretty safe bet. Like, hey, you want to talk about Neil Young? And they say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. And you could just kind of sit, talk. Because Neil Young is the kind of artist that leads into others, too. I mean, he's almost like this spiderweb kind of thing. A lot of people like a lot of different things. But most people tend to share an appreciation of some kind for Neil Young. Yeah. Because Neil, I mean, he's done, uh, he's just done so much. He's just. A lot of variety in his career. Oh, man, I mean, huge amount of variety. Crosby, really great Stills, career. Nash and Young. Yeah. He even got into it with those guys, I think. They were oh, – yeah. Him and Stephen Stills have butted heads pretty severely. Stephen Stills was the only one, I think, that would outwardly argue with him. Uh, Graham Nash is from uh, Britain, so he's just kind of a wiener. And uh, David Crosby was just kind of a druggie at the time. But it's Stephen mm. Stills, yeah, him and Neil bashed some serious heads. I think. I don't know. None of that shit could be true. Who knows? I might have just... I definitely don't know. Yeah. Well, Neil Young, great uh, great guy. Like him a lot. He's definitely up there, you know, in the pantheon of of great guys like that. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of got that, like, interesting vocal like Tom Petty does. He He does. really great songs. Yeah. Uh, Neil, he almost has this, like... um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, but there's nothing like it. I mean, he's totally... Say what you... You could say, like, ah, his songs are mediocre. He's not good. Or, or oh, his voice sucks. Or, oh, he's a shitty guitar player. But it doesn't matter because it's his package. And there are, you know, ain't no other packages. Ain't no other damn packages. Right. All right, man. I'm going to stop rambling and shit. At number six, we have Brother Kane with In Full Shine On. Are you familiar with a band called Absolutely not No This went to number one Again, 26 weeks on the chart So far This is the lead single From their second album, Seeds Not a lot online about this. 
but the singer Damon Johnson was later a touring guitarist for Alice Cooper. This peaked at number one. It did. It's on the chart for a half year, 26 weeks. I've never heard this. A lot of production on this song. I wonder if it has a chorus. like mainstream rock production. Well, what say you, yay or nay? I can see the appeal, but I'm not I'm not that into it. No, me either. I, I kind of like that rhythm of that I kind I kind of like that. Yeah. I kind of like the aggressiveness of the distortion there. I don't mind. See that 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 pull down, that chord pull down that just happened there. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that too, but mostly just bores me. I can, but I can see like this this song. This sounds like a song that someone wrote to sell to radio. Yeah. Like it, like after writing it, they thought, yeah, this is probably gonna work because it sounds like that. Like this sounds like a career songwriter wrote this. The you chorus know. is way better than the verse. The chorus is, is not bad. But it's not my style. It, it's, but no, it, yeah, it just sounds like a paycheck. Whoever yeah. wrote this, hey, good, good for you. You, uh, yeah. you did. Peaked at number one. Number one hit. Oh, hold on. There's a change going on here. Huh. This is the most interesting part of the song. Yeah. I didn't. What I'm finding interesting is this next chord. I think. Yeah, that one. It's pretty, pretty. Kind of a cool change, melodically. Huh. Back to the uh, chuggy. I don't know. Take it or leave it. I. It doesn't. I mean, I'm not that angry about it. I, I don't, no, it's not infuriating. No. But yeah, no, it's mainstream rock. Number five. I remember everybody in my class in school. I remember hearing it on the radio, seeing it on MTV. This was inescapable. DH1. Absolutely inescapable. I think this was probably the biggest record. Yeah. Well, maybe not the biggest, but it was huge. But um, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Oh, that's right. Never mind. 
That's a record I didn't want to escape. This one, you know what? Actually, Don Carpenter, who we talked about, I think in episode one. Oh yeah. Yeah, he he was like, dude, check out what, dude, you'll, this is what I've been. He he started at Texas Tech, and then he came back in town for holiday break, Christmas yeah. break, and I was at the Carpenter house, and uh, Don Don was there, and I was like, oh dude, what's up? He was like, hey man. And we were just trying. He's like, dude, this is what I've been listening to. And he played this record, and I was like, <laughs> and it was just, just a great nostalgia experience. Also, cold weather. Yeah. The cold weather. I mean, it, it was a connection to like what I said about when we were listening to Soundgarden. So yeah. That was the moment I fell in love with listening to music. Just, just list, sitting down and listening to the songs that I, I like. Yeah, I can see listening to this in the fall. You know, yeah. this and. That County Crows record, totally. August, August and everything, everything after. Absolutely. Um, when I rem- yeah, when Don started playing this, and I was like, I do remember this. Yes, and we, we hung out. It was awesome. And dude, Don, man, dude, where are you, Don? Don, Don, be in a, dude, please <laughs> be in a band with me, Don. Please, please, Don. This was a monster record. Twenty-one times platinum in the USA. That's double diamond. Holy shit. Highest selling album of '95. Okay, so yeah, highest selling album. Uh, but, not, but eventually, that year alone, eventually shipping 21 million copies. Uh, but think about it. I mean, think about the amount of different kinds of stations. Oh, this would play on alternative. Over. This would play yeah. on adult contemporary. Definitely. It would play on easy listening. So it might even play on country. We talked a little bit earlier about what a chart means. A crossover hit is a hit on multiple charts. Alternative stations, like Mike's mentioned, mainstream, uh, adult, adult, temporary stations. This was definitely that. It hit number one on the Billboard 200, which charts album sales five times in 1995. Um, there were five singles, so it's probably one each single game. Listen to the easiness of it too. It's so easy to listen to. That Darius Rucker voice. Darius. What a great voice. Million dollar voice. Don Henley, you thought you were a million dollar voice? Really, you're just a diarrhea drinking piece of shit. Three million copies of this album were sold through the Columbia House mail order system. <laughs> dude, my dad had that. <laughs> no wonder he had so many records. Yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> we, dude, we would get little boxes of anywhere from three to five CDs a month. Oh, man. That's oh, great. Yeah, so he probably actually paid for it. Because a lot of people would sign up for it, you know, the however many records for a penny, 10 records for a penny, and uh, just, you know, kind of try and scam the system. I've heard a lot of people talking about no that. No way. Do they still have that? Uh, No, no. I mean, it would make no money these days because people still music anyway, right? Oh, that's true. They do. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. So, yes, huge album. Um. You know, the, it has references and um, snippets of Bob Dylan re- uh, lyrics in it. Um, they were never technically sued for it, but they did settle with Bob Dylan and pay him, you know, when he uh, came a-calling. The, um, wow, I didn't know that. You know the line in there that says, the dolphins make me cry? I'm such a baby because the dolphins make me cry. Oh, yeah. Um, he's talking about the Miami Dolphins football team. <laughs> Because they were oh, so terrible. Oh, gosh. They were really yeah. bad in the mid-90s. You know who was really good in the 90s? The uh, some local Cowboys. boys. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, that's funny because uh, the polar opposite of don't, what's going don't on. Open them, right? the wound, uh, don't open Adam, the wound. Don't open the wound. So. What, what's the deal? We thought it was Tony Romo. We replaced um, that son weeks, of a bitch. And, and guess what? The they chart, still haven't been able two. to win. That was number five. Only you don't want to talk about this, do you? In the bl- not, not with you, Mike. Why I'll not? talk about it with other people. What, you want to talk not about with, with Michael Rafferty? Because you are a traitor. I'm not a traitor. a Cowboys fan, and now you just... <laughs> whoever's best. Wait, Absolutely. Let's see. Who, uh, who's going to win the Super Bowl Tom, this pro- year? Probably Tom Brady. Oh, I'm sorry. The New England Patriots. Turncoat. No. Tom Brady is going to win. He's going to get it again. Dirty traitor. How many does he have? Turn. Six or it seven? doesn't matter, Mike. He has five. <laughs> He'll get six. Uh, it's all fun. They should, they, should, uh, they should draft Kobe Bryant. Does he play wide receiver? Might as well. Is that racist? Might as well. Oh, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> even think about it like that. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, oh, so, God. Yeah. But Mike, uh, Mike abandoned yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, well, they abandoned me. So Fairweather, man, if there ever was one. Um, that I am. <laughs> What's next? How appropriate. It's called Misery. This is Soul Asylum. We played on the first episode. Oh, man, I like this Runaway song. Runaway Train. This is Misery. I like this song a lot. This is a great song. They say it's a very weird song. It is. <laughs> the chorus, I love the chorus. I just think it's something so yearning about the chorus. We could start a company. As I mentioned on the first episode, I saw Soul Asylum recently on my birthday with Collective Soul. Pre-chorus, I love this. Yeah. Wow, oh, they did so not good. play Pete this. Pete and Pete, come on, Pete. And then when it kicks into the chorus, I guess the pre-chorus has three different parts. Shit. Here it comes right here. Love it. So happy. Awesome. Yes. There's lots of lip syncing going on over here. Yes, they didn't play this. They only played what? Like seven songs. They didn't play Misery? They didn't play Misery. They played Runaway Train, which was great. I'd rather have this. I love this part right here. Frustrated Incorporated. 1990s right This song was parodied by Weird Al. It was. Syndicated Incorporated. Nickelodeon, Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. 19 weeks. Peaked at number two. Nintendo 64. Super Nintendo Entertainment PB Crisp Candy. Sega Saturn. Ooh. 
No, that was. I never had that. I never had that. I never. Nobody ever had that. Nobody had Sega Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> What's that shit? Uh, thank you, Soul Asylum. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the misery. That w- thank you for that chorus. Oh, oh, oh! Gotta, gotta have. We this were about again. to fade it down, uh, but dude, here it pull is. Pull that again. shit back up. Come on, what can we do? Ooh, it's a little bit more earnest. Come on, Artie, strongest man in the world. So great. So tasty. Totally. I keep thinking of Pete and Pete when uh, their family, uh, the dad's trying to be king of the road, and they pile a bunch of stuff oh, on that, top of that license and, plate. Yeah, and Pete's, Pete's looking at the girl, and he takes his shirt off, and the girl looks worried. The whole Pete family take their clothes off and stack it, and they become <laughs> kings of the road, thanks to nudity. Uh, Thank you, Nickelodeon. The 90s. The 90s. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're feeling as whimsical as Adam and I right now. It makes you feel good. I'm in a great mood right now. Damn it, wake your kids up. It's I'm funny that we're getting such it. great feelings from a song called it's Misery called with <laughs> such <laughs> depressing lyrics. So Put me sad. out of my misery. I do it for you. <laughs> Would you do it for me? Oh man, that's terrible. <laughs> that was a great song. What was Oh, live again, all over you. Throwing copper. Throwing copper had oh. legs. Man, we've we've done this album like three times already, at least. And here's the thing: they've all been different songs from it. That's how big and how many hits this record had. I think this is at least our fourth song. From throwing copper. It's not my favorite one, but it's it's. This is the third one that we did for this chart, and the fourth overall because there was one on the 1994 chart we did. Another one, 26 weeks on the chart. Peaked at number two. Man, these guys, they had lasting power. What it must have been like to be in a band back then, or even to be in like a up-and-coming band. As we as we mentioned earlier, it seems to be difficult for a lot of bands these days. Or, I don't know, I've actually heard opposite. I've heard that with the amount of technology there is, some bands can make a quick rise. But I think... You know, there was something about the music industry at the time. People people would say, you know, there were checks and balances. And it, there was, it was just, you really had to work hard to to get there. You know, and these, like the computer that we're recording this podcast on and the software that we're using, dude, we could make a record that sounds, the quality will sound just like all the songs that we play. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it totally can do that. We can totally do that with just this laptop and this interface. Kind of like the uh, the intro to this song or to our podcast. The intro music. 
Yeah, that, you know, the quality of that is pretty good. Yeah. I wonder where we found that. Where did you find that, Adam? I asked this, uh, this musician friend of mine if he could uh, come up with something for the intro music to our podcast. And he quickly and miraculously, perfectly obliged. Wow. Great guy. That's pretty cool. Well, we might... Uh, he recorded it on uh, his MacBook Pro. Using the same recording software you're using, strangely enough. Where, really? Yeah. No, well, I mean, yeah. That's, it sounds that's, amazing. People, people... I do. Tell, I me like it. tell me how great it is. Uh, I went, yeah, I know. And I didn't even have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Mike Cruz last week. Come on, dude. So that was number three. Number three. All over you. Live, throwing copper, huge, enormous album. Yeah, it's enormous. Really good album. Love it. So that's not that was number three. That was number three. Oh my god! Got two more great songs to play. Here is one of my favorite bands, Collective Soul, with December. This is from Collective Soul's triple platinum self-titled second album. Yeah, um, I love this song. The intro immediately. Super awesome. I remember learning how to play this on guitar. Everybody wanted to learn how to play this. Yeah, this is one that I still play a lot. Mainly on my uh, my first acoustic, Alice. Just took my son towards your domain. You no, this is uh, from a self-titled album from Collective Soul. The cover is blue. Some Collective Soul fans call this the Blue Album. That's not alright. That's that no. The Blue Album is always gonna be weird. Because it's mostly blue and just the band. This has brown and white on it. This is another one of those fall songs. Oh, yeah. And maybe because it's called December, but... I love those hand drums. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I think played on this record, because apparently he's played on everybody else's records. But he's a liar. It's true. I'm not gonna censor that. Everybody knows it's true. Who is this now? Uh, just some kid who thinks he's famous. <laughs> Erica Badu's drummer. <laughs> yeah, that one. His, his name was uh, what was it? He said it was uh, uh I don't know. Like like apparently he said that it was a nickname on the back of Erica Badu's record, and that was him. That's not true. Well, I don't have all the facts there, so... Uh, I mean, I, yeah, neither does he. Didn't did he, like, you know, stuff with John Mayer? <laughs> yeah, dude, he said he played with John Mayer. <laughs> he said John Mayer called him John Boy and that they ordered the same thing from the McDonald's drive-thru. It was well, a bunch of bullshit. Uh, what can you do? 
Yeah, well, he should brush his teeth. Anyway. <laughs> 26 weeks on the charts for Collective Soul with December. This week was the week it dropped to number two. Number one? Did I say that? I don't know. Did it peak at number one? Yeah, this was number one, and uh, it had just been ousted this week by the current number one, which we'll get to real soon. I don't know. This is. I've just always loved the instrumentation in this song. This this right here just sounds great to me. Still. Back. Yeah, that's cool. a little bit but not as much as others uh, but I mean I, I still really like this and gentlemen the moment the number one song of what's the date again august 5th 1995 1995 give it to us you too hold me thrill me kiss me kill me Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember this. You don't Do you remember what movie this was on? I don't. Batman Forever. Really? Yeah, this was a. This was written and recorded during Zuropa album sessions, um, but left off the album. So, okay, kind of weird story here. Joel Shoemaker was trying to make a cameo role for Bono as his character that he does on stage, Mechisto. Hmm. Have you ever heard of this character? No, I've not. It's a pretty strange thing he does, but um, it's like this performance art thing where he pretends he's this guy named Mechisto. got weird antics and stuff. You too? Or Bono yeah, Bono from You Too does this on stage. Huh. And uh, he's recently reprised it for their, their latest tour, actually. Anyway, um... 
they were trying to write him into the movie and eventually decided that it just wasn't going to work. It wasn't the right feel for that movie. And if it's not right for this movie, it's probably not right for any movie because Batman Forever is not a great movie. No. I mean, I loved it. I I loved it when it came out. You know, it's like I was excited for it going into that summer. You know, I had like merchandise and toys and all sorts of Batman Forever stuff. Love the movie, you know, when it came out, but revisiting it as a grown-up, it is no good at all. It's terrible. <laughs> no, George Clooney, no. Uh, it's actually the uh, Val Kilmer one. Oh, Val Kilmer. Yeah, the uh, the George Clooney one was even worse. It came came a little a little bit later, but yeah. Um, so when when they decided that the the cameo scene just wasn't going to work out, they. Uh, they settled on, you know, having U2 song on soundtrack. 19 weeks on the chart. We find it here at number one, where it would be for no, a few weeks. I, you know, it's, I don't hate it, but uh, U2 is another group that, you know, has written a lot of just kind of classic songs. Oh, yeah. I, I do like them, but they also annoy me sometimes. Sometimes I find them very annoying. I can definitely see that. Um, man, I really like their two latest albums. Have you listened to those? I've not. Well, you probably have one of them on your iPhone. Oh, the one they just gave to people for free. Yeah. That was annoying. I was totally okay with that. I loved it. You liked it? Yeah, it was a great record. So, I mean... I'll check it out. I was going to listen to it anyway. You know what? I'll go home and I'll listen to it. I'm sure it's there. Raised by Wolves, Volcano. Some really good songs on there. The Miracle of Joey Ramone. Oh. And, uh... So that was Songs of Innocence. And I think their latest Songs of Experience is... Almost as good. Hmm. So that was Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2. And that concludes the chart for August you know 5th, what? 1995. Some exciting moments. Got really amped up for a lot of those. I didn't really lose. I don't feel like I uh, lost my temper on anything. Um, not this week. No, not this week. The... You know, the the 40 through 20, you had some real stinkers in there. But oh, yeah. No, there was some real diarrhea-drinking bands on on that shit, shit half. Some real Don Henley balls on there. Like, uh, you, I, I remember you specifically not liking Mad Season. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, the, the Suicide Band. Yeah, no, the Suicide Band. Yeah. yeah. The... Yeah. What else? Um, oh, Monster Magnet. Yeah, although I liked uh, the song Space Lord. That was not the song. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, it's a pretty cool song. Um, yeah. That I didn't mean, come out until like 1998 or 1999, I think. This was, again, a really um, diverse, varied set of songs. I mean, we had Hootie and the Blowfish. We had uh, More Human Than Human, White yeah. Zombie. Yeah, you had Blues Traveler. 
Just a lot filter. of variety on the radio in those days. Oh, yeah. Filter. I loved it. Oh, that Hey Man, Nice Shot. Yeah. What a great song. Great song. Okay. Guy's a super capitalist. And that's fine. This is America. It is. Hey, but don't you, uh, you know, I think I think you might want to examine this because don't you kind of hate Don Henley for some of the same reasons that you praise the guy from Filter? Well. Richard, whatever his name was. I feel like Richard was open about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Well, Don Henley's definitely open about it these days if you watch that Eagles documentary, you know. Yeah, but Don Henley, also his attitude is... I, I don't know. I just... It's easy to hate Don Henley because he's a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm looking at the time right now, and it looks like this is probably the longest episode yet. For all the people that I've made fun of, especially people from our personal lives, I really apologize for that. Uh, But I do mean everything I say. If you don't like it, you can deal with it. Um, We've had a great night. Adam, it's been a good night. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Until next time, see you later. Bye-bye.